You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to an episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, lobby low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you it is thursday may 13th in the year 2021 and just like this year which has gone by quick fast and in a hurry there is news coming out of the ohio state football program that is coming at us in that same rate as well as always you can follow me on twitter at jsteven07 you can also follow the podcast on twitter as well at locked on Buckeye lineup for today in segments two and three. We are going to continue talking about former Buckeyes and how they will look in the NFL with their new teams. It is Luke Braun, the host of Locked on Vikings, who will join us today to talk about Wyatt Davis and Tough Borland. But we begin today's show talking about some news that may have startled some, but some may have expected a player on the football team who is now in the transfer portal. That player is cornerback Tyreek Johnson. Uh, This year was an anomaly or a weird year for the NFL draft for Buckeyes. Defensive backs, normally there are are multiple. They get drafted into the NFL this year with only one being in the NFL pot of pool to get drafted from from Ohio State. I was almost, I was trying to figure out what word to utilize, and then the phrase just came out very, very quickly. But with only one player from Ohio State, that's in the DB room, Putting his name into the pool that can get drafted, only one player got drafted. That is Sean Wade, and I'm very excited to see what he does in Baltimore when they put him in the right place to be successful. Sean Wade gets gets drafted. You see other play other years. There's multiple DBs from Ohio State getting drafted, which has become the norm, and it's almost expected from DB, from <laughs> GMs, uh, NFL coaches, and really coaches at Ohio State, we're probably going to get multiple DBs drafted in the in a draft in any given year. And Tyreek Johnson coming out of Jacksonville, Florida, Trinity Christian High School or Trinity Christian Academy, let me get it correct, he was expected and projected to be someone that had a lot of potential, not saying he was going to get that his outlook or people were saying they're going to get drafted one day, but it, his potential was tapped into the likelihood of him having a career professionally after his time at Ohio State was over, that was a huge possibility, and it still can happen. But unfortunately, with the amount of talent at Ohio State, with the amount of talent not just that's at Ohio State, but that's coming in the future, Tyreek Johnson believes that his best move for him and his career and his future is to leave Columbus and to no longer be a Buckeye. One interesting thing about the transfer portal, we rarely see it, But just because you enter the transfer portal doesn't mean you can't go back. Very similar to what Washington Jr. and Liddell are doing in the NBA with NBA draft. Kind of same process with different levels. One's a college only. One's college or NBA. Washington Jr. and Liddell, they're really just filling out and going through the process of if the NBA draft is right for them and if going to the NBA is ideal for them right now. Without them signing an agent, they can still come back to Ohio State and play basketball. I think I almost assumed or the expectation from both of them 
but I am not a person, as you know, I don't like to assume anything or say, well, it's going to happen because I don't know. I don't know them personally, never spoken to them. So I am not going to go out on a limb and say they're going to do X, Y, or Z because I just, I just don't know. It's their future. It's their life. They have people in their life advising them in the right areas, in the right ways. Myself, I'm going to wait and see what they decide to do. Just like Tyreek Johnson, we're waiting to see what he decides to do as far as where he's going to play football next season. Coming out of Trinity Christian High School or Academy, I keep, I keep doing that. Trinity Christian Academy, like I said, he's currently 6'1", 190-pound cornerback. He redshirted his freshman year in 20, 2018. He was an early enrollee that year, enrolled at Ohio State in January of that year, 2019. 2020 played in a few games but never really got his feet he got his feet wet a little bit but never really was one that was solidified in a solid piece and a firm individual that you could say yeah he's going to be in the rotation it was never really that 2019 you think about the talent that Ohio State had Tyreek Johnson wasn't there last year it was still guys around there that were a little bit ahead of him which kind of which was ultimately the reason why he didn't play that many games at Ohio State coming out of Trinity Christian Academy. Got it right that time. He was a five-star recruit, according to Rivals and 247 Sports. He was a consensus top 50 ranked player. According to Rivals, they had him ranked as the number 14 player overall. Also, he was a top five recruit in the state of Florida. Looking at the stats-wise, they're not going to jump off the screen at you. Only played in four games at Ohio State, two in 2019, two in 2020. He recorded eight tackles, but that was it. If three tackles his first year, five tackles in 2020, zero tackles for loss, zero sacks, zero INTs, zero pass breakups, zero forced fumbles, and zero fumble recoveries. You look at the numbers, you see all that stuff, you're thinking, well, what about this year? Is it a possibility? From what I have seen and what I have read and what I think the the depth chart will be going forward, I do not think there was a spot for Tyreek Johnson to play this year in a prominent role. And as we have seen this year with the transfers, you're probably going – just Jamison Williams just left. Your you're pro- um, young man, just the offensive lineman, just transferred and committed to play at Oklahoma uh, – not Oklahoma – Colorado, we're going to have a lot of guys at Ohio State that may be leaving just like Tyreek Johnson as well. My expectation is at least one more, possibly two. Wouldn't surprise me if it were two. I think there will be a wide receiver, possibly a running back, possibly somebody else on defense that will be transferring from Ohio State before the month is over. It is May 13th. The month is over. It is on a on a Monday, which is May 31st, on Memorial Day. I do believe between now and then, about a half of the month left, there will be one, maybe two. It wouldn't shock me if there were two Buckeyes who enter the transfer portal. Guys, got to step away very quickly. When we come back, we'll welcome in Luke Braun, the host of Locked One Vikings, as he helps us learn how Wyatt Davis and Tuff Borland fit in with the Minnesota Vikings. But first, check this out. RockOuter.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockOuter.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockOuter.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose brands. 
specifications, and even prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, continuing our recap and kind of projection about how Buckeye draft picks will do in the NFL. It is Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. He is the host of the podcast. He is also, um, I believe it's, is it Tuesdays on Locked on NFL? Yep. Every Tuesday on Locked with NFL, he also writes some articles for ZoneCoverage.com as well. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Luke. How are you doing today? You got it. Yeah. Doing well, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, man. I am, I'm doing well. Um, White Davis to the Vikings. I'll start right there very quickly. What were your initial reactions when you saw this draft pick? It's my favorite pick of the weekend by like a lot, actually. Um, the Vikings and their interior offensive line has been a bugaboo for years and years and years and years. Um, I have been kind of in love with Davis throughout the entire pre-draft prospect process. He was like one of my kind of draft crushes. So I was also kind of upset because the two day two picks that they had had up until then were both kind of projects type guys and didn't actually address some of the more pressing needs the Vikings had. And then this one did. And to get a guy like that at pick 78, that should not have fallen that far. I was, yeah, I was over the moon. You use a couple phrases right there in love with Davis during the draft process and then draft crush. What did you see from him that is how you described him as you were evaluating him uh, leading into the draft? Yeah, so the Vikings have long had a problem with offensive linemen that are like kind of small but fast, and that's what they use for you know their zone scheme. They run like a scheme like you'd see. The only college one I know that runs it like one for one is Boise State. Um, but you know, like give me a, a quick lineman that. Uh, maybe doesn't have as much power, but then in pass protection, they like always have trouble anchoring and they get blown back all the time and stuff like that. And I didn't see that with Wyatt Davis. I saw a guy that can be a zone lineman, but still actually have the power and like a guy who can pass protect. And that is really, really exciting. Um, and it seemed like he was going to fall because he has this knee thing. And for my money, that's a really great way to kind of eke extra value out of the draft is take a guy that fell because he has an injury that's going to be short-term. He's got a short-term problem that allows you to extract long-term value. And Wyatt Davis just totally embodied that to me. So I was really hoping that he would fall further than he should and the Vikings could get him. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I was surprised he fell as far as he did as well. I thought he would have been more of a... Uh, a second round pick, mid to late second round. I know, I understand the injury. I understand the film from this past season. Was it as good as the 2019 season? Where at the end of that year, it seemed like he was a surefire first round pick if he was in that draft. He did opt to come back to school. Him and Sean Wade, the two opt outs, opted to come back. 
and I was just I, I saw Wyatt Davis this year play, and I did see some hiccups. But for the most part, it was really amazing to see him just be the people mover that he is. Yeah, and it is interesting. The Vikings kind of avoided like the opt-outs type guys in this draft, which every team is going to handle that a lot differently. They didn't start taking guys who opted out until much later in the process. Um, and like Jalen Twyman in the sixth round. And I, I think that might be the only one I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, the guys that played in 2020 and put out good tape in 2020 really seemed to catch their eye. If you could go a little in depth as far as a run scheme that Ohio, that Ohio, that Minnesota has, I know you said it's a Boise state esque uh, college style that, that, well, the college team that may have it is Boise state. Could you go a little bit in depth to help fans know Buckeye fans know what kind of scheme Wyatt Davis will be getting himself into? Yeah, so if for Buckeye fans, if you are Browns fans as well, um, it's the same one Stefanski runs there. It's the Kubiak thing. The Mike Shanahan wide zone is what I t- typically call it. So a lot of outside zone with Dalvin Cook, um, a, a lot of inside zone as well. And what zone blocking is, is essentially defined as instead of being assigned to a person, you know, it's not you block 99, it's you block the guy in front of you. And if you don't have a guy in front of you, that's called being quote unquote covered. Uh, or uncovered and if you're uncovered you combo up to the second level which means you shove a defensive lineman on your way but you're going to get a linebacker um and that that's base the basics of zone blocking which means a lot of times um you know you will be asked to get into the second level and go block somebody who's faster than you and more agile than you they're a linebacker you're a guard so you have to have a certain amount of agility um and the other kind of classic staple of zone blocking that is really really difficult is reach blocking i haven't gotten enough to see enough tape yet to know to to have seen Wyatt davis try reach blocking at all yet but basically what that means is if you have say a guy is lined up on your right shoulder you have to get all the way around to the other side of him so he's on your left shoulder now and then seal him off that way and you need a lot of hip flexibility and a lot of explosiveness and agility to do that um so they need really athletic linemen um, that can kind of pull off those blocks. What zone blocking doesn't ask you to do is lock up a dude and, and bulldoze him five yards down the field. That's just not what the the scheme is designed basically to get you in advantageous situations where your leverage, uh, where like you have a leverage advantage. So even though you might have a 20 pound disadvantage on this, you know, big old nose tackle because you were able to kind of flip around him and get to the other side and get, uh, you know, get him from a good angle and get a leverage advantage. You can still win the rep. You know, Luke, I'm pretty impressed with your, uh, explanation of the run scheme i it's not every day i hear somebody explain the zone scheme the reach blocking the different footwork that goes along with that the explosiveness um, i'm pretty impressed um with how well you put that out there <laughs> thank you yeah i've been trying to explain it to people for like two years because they don't understand why all of our linemen are small and weak <laughs> <laughs> i remember in high school we used to um, i was a lineman in high school i remember we used to have um more of your traditional just run blocking scheme it was a gap. I forget if it was called gap or whatever, uh, but more of your traditional guy in front of you. Keep moving. We didn't try and do zone running schemes until goodness. I want to say my junior year, they started to try to revamp the offense. And then senior year, we got a new head coach and he just kind of did his own thing. He was there for like a year or two. Then he left. He That's a whole weird situation there. But the zone scheme versus the guy in front of you, it is different but I think that Wyatt Davis might actually be ideal or a good fit for this because 
you've seen the tape. Ohio State Buckeye fans, I hear people asking me, Wyatt Davis, Wyatt Davis. I was on a Jets podcast, and they were trying to say, is there a chance for us to get Wyatt Davis? I'm like, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't care if you get Wyatt Davis or Josh Myers. Josh Myers can go center or guard. Wyatt Davis is more your traditional guard. Either way, zone scheme, they can fit it. And I think that early on, there may be some, there may be some growing pains or some struggles beginning of the season. But once the season starts going and he starts to really feel the speed of the NFL game, I think we're going to see why Davis really played very well early on. I, I really hope so. If he's good right away, I, by the way, it's funny you mentioned the Jets because we got him with a Jets pick. We traded down with the Jets in the first round to get pick. I think it was 86 and 86 was Wyatt Davis. So, haha. Uh, but it, it, if he does play well right away, there's absolutely the opportunity for him to start. He played right guard like pretty exclusively, right? Mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he is a right guard right now or last year, the, the Vikings starting right guard was Ezra Cleveland, who was a left tackle from Boise State. So he they might want to move. Now, they also drafted a left tackle in Christian Derrissaw. So they might want to move him to left guard and then put Wyatt Davis in at right guard. And that might be your long term kind of offensive line. And actually, everybody would be on a rookie contract there, uh, except maybe Brian O'Neill, who is due for an extension. Um, so that is the ideal situation. And if Wyatt Davis is good right away, then you can just do that. And the only other players in his way that he would have to like compete with is like Mason Cole, who was a starting center for Arizona for a bunch of years who can't snap. Um, he, he came from Michigan and uh, like Dakota Dozier, who is just bad. So yeah, the, the bar isn't very high. Like he could get on the field if he's ready to go. Now, you know, it's, it's hard to, uh, transition into the NFL. It's hard to get new tournament knowledges down, adjust to the greater speed of the game, the greater speed of camp and stuff like that. You know, suddenly you're going up in Oklahoma drills against, uh, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson and, and Michael Pierce is going to be tough. So if he can figure that out, if he can uh, adjust to that speed right away, and some guys do, some guys don't, it's, you know, hard to know. Um, yeah, he could absolutely have a path in to be a day one starter, assuming he's healthy as well. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and even contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. And when you sign up today, make sure you use promo code LOCKED ON and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online, your online sports book experts. Do you think there's a projection looking up, looking into a fall camp and or training camp and then preseason? Do you think losing a preseason game will hurt White Davis? And then a couple that with, do you think he'll start week one? I mean, it, it always comes down to how he plays in the preseason, right? If he does put up a total stinker in the preseason, and, and usually the way this goes is the rookies start on the two team. Um, that's how Zimmer does it. Just, you know, even if you, you are absolutely totally going to beat out the guy in front of you, you still have to do it like as a formality. Um, so he'll start on the two team probably. And then when, you know, preseason comes around, if by the end of camp, he still hasn't earned his first team reps, the preseason is kind of the next best opportunity to do it, um, and, and get out there. 
if he's on the two team and he gets beat up by someone's backup defensive tackle, yeah, he's probably not seeing the field. Um, but you know, if he's beating those guys up and the guy in front of him who would be like Mason Cole or Dakota Dozier does what Mason Cole and Dakota Dozier do, which is give up a lot of pressures and not be very good. Um, then, you know, you might be able to, uh, to see him take that starting role. And because he has the ability to anchor, and that's like the biggest weaknesses of the other players at guard, Cleveland, Dakota Dozier and Mason Cole all have huge anchoring and power issues. And so that Wyatt Davis, you know, it's going to look really good by comparison. So if he can play the way we know he can play in the preseason, yeah, the opportunity is absolutely available for him to get in by week one. Last Wyatt Davis question for you before getting into tough Borland. Do you think that Wyatt Davis gets a second contract with the Vikings? Oh, oh yeah, God. I know it's a big one. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, Screw it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go Vikings. <laughs> I, I like the kid, man. I think he's good. I think he gets it. And, and if he can play well at guard, too, and be scheme agnostic somewhat, right? Because if you did ask him to do the man thing, uh, look, the Vikings coaches have been around for a long time. There's a real chance that by 2025 or whenever we're making this decision, uh, it's a new group of people. And that group of people is running, doing a different run scheme. And if Wyatt Davis can you know, adapt and fit that as well, great. Yeah, it works out, man. Tough Borland. Uh, Buckeye fans have been critical of him. The nation was critical of him in the Alabama game national championship when the scheme was the problem with that. I say it's always a scheme. Devonta Smith got the ball from Mac Jones, and he just outruns the middle linebacker, which he's supposed to do in that in that instance anyway. Um, but Tough Borland under at the free agent signing by the going to the Vikings. I thought that was probably where he was going to go anyway undrafted free agent didn't think he was going to be a seventh round or sixth round pick he's too slow to me he's not quick enough to me what do you see when you look at tough Borland? yeah i I see a guy that's going to have a tough time making an nfl team um and you know undrafted free agent always right but to me what really sticks out to me he was what a four-year starter for Ohio's like he's been in for a long three time four right? years. it's been a while yeah so I think it's yeah three, for sure th- three-year captain I believe for sure. I don't forget how yeah many three years year so he's supposed to be like the veteran presence that yeah. guy that you know kind of knows everything and he's not a particularly inspiring athlete you can overcome that the Vikings have a guy Ben Gedeon who played for Michigan didn't test great or I think he tested well but didn't play did, with like a lot of athleticism he just wasn't an athletic player but he was always in the right run fit and that got him on the field for as long as he was healthy and he's dealing with concussion issues now um but so for a linebacker you can get away with that you can be like an inside thumping kind of Mike linebacker type if you're in the right spot if you get to your right run fit and and you know hold your spot and if you can get off a block when you're asked to that's all it takes. You don't need to be an astounding athlete to find your way onto an NFL roster. Um, but it seems like he's also like for how much experience he has, he's too far behind the curve in terms of, of run fits and kind of uh, the, the technical aspect of the game. That's where I, my biggest worry with tough Borland comes in. Um, in terms of his ability to make the team. Now, the roster is open for sure for him. If he proves me wrong and he plays well in the preseason, especially if he plays well on special teams, and I don't know if he played special teams for Ohio State or not, um, but if he plays well on special teams, if he picks that up, that can get you on the roster, right? And the group as it stands right now, the depth of that group, the kind of fifth, sixth linebacker spot, really open competition. So if he's good, there's a spot for him. But he has to, I think, show a little bit more of that experience that has to come through so that he can overcome the also underwhelming uh, athletic profile. 
Um, I, I definitely am not going to judge him solely by that championship game or whatever, but more, you know, what are the mistakes that he's making that lead to that kind of production? And how long does that kind of thing take to fix? Or can you overcome, you know, not being athletic in spite of those things? That's usually how I look at this kind of thing. Um, but I, I think of all teams to land on, the Vikings are a pretty good one for him because the group's open and he has the opportunity to, you know, sometimes you, you walk into a team and they've got seven good cornerbacks and you're the ninth guy kind of doesn't matter how good you are. You ain't making the team. Um, that's not the case for tough Portland. If he's good enough, he can make it. And the question is, will it be good enough? Do you think what he needs to learn in the NFL is teachable? From scratch in a long, in a short period of time? No. Okay. ultimately yes if he can find a way onto the practice squad for two years and suddenly he can he can learn it um but there's also the question of like well if you're going to spend two years developing a linebacker might as well be a guy that's you know like a total jock right mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. like crazy athletic scores and all that stuff um but i think learning run fits from scratch is a lot like that really that's really 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 hard to do and the vikings actually have another project at linebacker that needs to kind of learn a lot of, more about run fits in chaz surratt who started mm -hmm. at who was a quarterback two years ago um so hey you know the class will be in session at least so maybe he can he can uh dip in on that but uh, yeah you know everything to some degree is teachable and it's not one of those things like you know quarterback accuracy or ball tracking that's like so instinctive that you either have it or you don't and it's certainly not something like size where you absolutely can't teach size um but you know you've got like a month to learn it in training camp before the team has to make a decision on you so more often than not you kind of have what you have and you don't what you don't Last question. I ask you something similar uh, along these lines with Wyatt Davis. I won't go second contract with Duff Borland. <laughs> do do you make do you think he makes final cuts and makes the fifty three man roster? Uh look. When I do my fifty three man, I, I uh, usually do it about three months from now, and I've done a lot more work on all these players. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I reserve the right to change my mind here. But right yeah. now, I have to say probably not. I I, I don't see him as. Um, the kind of player that, you know, when you see an undrafted free agent make the team, you usually see either sky high potential or they make this huge buzz in camp and they're these like gamey kind of playmaker types that are like these, um, you know, real explosive, exciting players that'll, you know, draw a bunch of eyes in the preseason. And Tough Borland seems like even if he does play well, he plays well in a boring way. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does make it that much harder in the preseason to catch someone's eye. So I, I, I don't see the path for him to the roster unless he's a lot better than I think he is. And you know what? I haven't looked into him that deep yet. So he could be totally a lot better than I think he is right now. <laughs> but for <laughs> now, I say no. I know Buckeye fans would love that. Like, yeah, we got another guy in the NFL. Let's just add that to the amount of players we have playing professional football every single Sunday. Uh, Luke, this has been fun, man. Went a little bit longer than I expected, but just a lot of good stuff coming your way, coming from you. If you could, let everyone know where they can connect with you on Twitter. And then also read maybe the articles and then also listen to your work as well. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Um, my show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. It's daily show. You can find it wherever you find this one. Um, if you're into the Vikings, uh, so that's the the main crux of my my audio stuff. And then uh, also Locked On NFL, the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm on every Tuesday with Ross Jackson. I do the Vikings. He does the Saints. So it's very fun. Um, so there's also uh, ZoneCoverage.com. 
is a Minnesota sports website. You can find me writing there every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, the one coming out Tuesday is a very, very deep dive into Kellen Mond, if you're interested in that. Uh, and yeah, you can find all of that stuff uh, also linked. If you just go to my Twitter page, there's a link tree that'll take you out of those places. Perfect. Linktree is an amazing thing, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. We're going to continue this trend all week long, talking about Buckeye draft picks and how they'll look at their new homes in the NFL.